now living the jet life. I'm gonna do anything possible, man. We have a future in that locker room, and I'm excited. What is going on, guys? Welcome into the Living the Jet Life podcast. This is Kyle Hirschkind. I'm here today with James Cunningham and Alessandro Senator. What is going on, guys? Not much. Oh. Living off that Broncos win, though. For real. Yeah, big win over the Broncos this week. Jets got it done, 34-16. And it was a big bounce-back week for Sam Darnold, Todd Bowles, the offense, and even the defense. Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about with this game. The Jets came in slightly favored over the Broncos, who have been struggling a bit. They were able to keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football before coming to MetLife Stadium on Sunday. And the Jets were just able to handle them. They really limited the run game, and Sam Darnold was able to throw the deep ball, find some of, some of his weapons on offense, and the running game, especially the Jets' running game, was really the biggest factor in this game uh, with over 300 yards total between Bilal Powell and Isaiah Crowell. So I guess we'll start there with the run game. What did you guys think of that? I mean, Isaiah Crowell set a new Jet franchise record with 200 and, I believe, 19 yards on the ground. And Powell's right behind him, almost at 100 yards in the day. He had 99. So what did you guys think of that? Oh, it was great. It was just absolutely wonderful. You know, just I didn't expect much from Crowell. You know, he was sluggish to begin with. You know, he's got some yardage, but he was sluggish to begin with, you know, and then he just burst out of the gate. I don't know what happened why it happened, but, you know, through the first couple of games, he was like a couple yards here, a couple yards here, and then just took off. And it's funny because the Broncos are number nine overall in the run-stop game. So, just running, what was it, 326-some-odd yards all over the Broncos, that just, that made my day. Yeah, we got to give so much credit to that offensive line. They're so inconsistent, but when they're on, this offense just clicks. 323 rushing yards, franchise record. I loved it. Even Crowell said in his post-game press conference that he feels like the offensive line was the one who got the record. So, got to give a lot of credit to them. Yeah, I, I agree with you, definitely. You know, I don't know what kind of offensive line showed up on Sunday. It was nothing like we've seen in a long, long time. Um, they really got those holes open for Coel, even Powell. Um, really protected Sam Donald well all day long. So uh, definitely credit the offensive line. They really showed up. I think they're probably just, you know, angry with, you know, all the disrespect they get uh, for being so bad. So it was good to see them show up against a good Broncos pass rush for sure. And, uh, yeah, cool. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you go ahead. No, 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 you go. You finish. My bad. I was just going to say, um, I mean, Crowell, 219 yards. As we said, he averaged on the day 14.6 for a run. He had the touchdown. Um, obviously that big 77, um, run that 
was in early in the second quarter that really gave that Jets that fuel to keep going. And uh, Powell played well, too. Powell had more carries. He had five more carries than Crowell. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see them split the balls, uh, carry still, and just have the Jets' run game really open up the play action for Sam Darnold, which, you know, we saw with those deep throws of Robbie Anderson all day. Um, yeah, go ahead, Alessandro. I know you are going to say something on that. No, I was just going to agree with you because, you know, watching the Jets, the O-line, you know, against that Broncos D, that, that scared me a lot because, you know, I saw Von Miller and I saw, um, oh, who else is there? You got Von Miller, who's just an absolute monster. And then, uh, what is it, Bradley Chubb? Who's the other guy on the other side? Yeah, Bradley Chubb. Okay. Yeah, you got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Just those two, just it, it, it's it's scary. It scares me, honestly. It really does. And just the way that they played that game, and just how they do it. You know, they're they're one of the best duos, I would say, behind Ingram and Bosa, and the fact that the Jets, the Jets O line, who, let's face it, they're like wet paper. They really are. At times, they could be like wet paper. They just held up, and they just took them down, and I kind of applaud them. And, you know, Crow's why you, you got to give to them. You really do, because all that, yeah, I got to give it to them. Yeah, and how about the special teams in this game, too? I mean, there's really just one person in mind with this. It's really Andre Roberts, the return man for the Jets. Um, he's leading the NFL with 23.1 yard average on punt returns. And, you know, this is something New York really hasn't seen in quite a while. Um, we haven't had a good punt returner in, I, I can't even tell you who the last one was. Um, and, you know, Andre Roberts, it seems like every other week or so, he's putting the Jets in great field position with these punt returns. Um, so that was also a big factor on Sunday. I don't know if you guys have any input on that. I mean, to me, it was just shocking to see him return. I know he had like a 51-yard return um, late in the game, which really put the Jets, really put the game away for the Jets almost. Yeah, um, to go off that, what you said, he's the best in the game. He has 231 return yards, and the person right behind him is Jakeen Grant of the Dolphins, who's at 143. So... That gap right there alone says a lot. But, yeah, I got to give it to him. He's the best. I didn't expect much from him. I didn't because I don't know who he is. So, I, I, you know, shame on me for not expecting much from him. But I really we need to keep that man healthy because he's a good wide receiver. He's a good punt returner. And if we get Trenton Cannon out there, excuse me, um, it's a 50-50 shot that he may fumble the ball, and that scares me, especially after – Watching him play, honestly, I don't know why we kept him or why we still keep him. I'd much rather have, like, another linebacker or another safety or someone. Yeah, I thought he was worth the practice squad spot, but I guess they felt that he should be kept on the roster. I think he's just raw. they got to develop him. But, yeah, huge credit to Andre Roberts. I thought he was just another guy who could catch the ball, another Jeremy Curley, but he's been electric this year. Finally, gives yeah. him a spark of need. Yeah, he's really just been, you know, uh, 
really under the radar X factor for the Jets. It seems like you know he's probably a little underappreciated. Uh, just seeing you know all the hype around Sam Darnold and that offense, and of course the defense. So uh, it's good to see him put up those numbers. Um, defense had a pretty good day too, even though you know you look at the stat line. Case Keenum had 377 yards passing. Um, you know, he kind of was padding his stats at the end of that game uh, with the Broncos down so big. But uh, overall, I think they played pretty well. I think Morris Claiborne has really, you know, just solidified himself as the Jets' number one corner. Um, he's actually second in the league behind Richard Sherman in pass rating allowed this season, um, which is pretty awesome. He's allowed a 43 pass rating through five games. So, uh, you know, the defense really stepped up. Leonard Williams had a big day, two and a half sacks. Um, so it was just all-around good football. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything on the defense. I mean, you know, they've in the past weeks we've seen them look stellar at first and then they kind of fall off second half. Um, but it was good to see them play good football all around this week. Yeah, I really can't. I mean, I can't fault him, but, you know, I wish they would have done better. But then again, you did have Tremaine Johnson out, and Buster Screen went down, and, you know, you had a couple of banged-up guys. So the fact that they were able to get out there and, you know, actually hold the points when need be, that was great. Case Keenum, 35 for 51. That is an absurd amount of passing. 51 attempts. Jesus, you know, 377 yards, you know, and, but we did get to him, and that's what makes me happy. And I've been, I said before, and I'll say it again, Jordan Jenkins, I am his biggest fan. Everyone kept dissing on him. Everyone kept shitting on him. He wasn't that great of a pass rusher. You know, last year he was developing at the end of the year. The year before that, you know, he was still trying, they were still, Swapping around inside, outside. They were trying to figure that out. Last year, they kept him outside. He's been rocking the outside. And now he's been just straight outside, edge rush. He has two and a half sacks going into this year, which he's only been playing like 40% of the snap count because it's been between him and, um, I don't know what the kid's name, Luvu, Frankie Luvu. They've been swapping him and out. And then you got Darren Lee and Avery Williamson, that linebacker, so you really can't, you know, keep Jenkins on the field. So I feel like he was having more snaps, but he's just been rocking it, and I've been loving it. But, you know, they and then Big Cat, um, whatchamacallit, for Leonard Williams, he got himself three sacks on a day. You know, they, he's just been showing out, showing out, and it's just been all around great. Yeah, the pass rushers there. Yeah, yesterday. There we go. We got it out. Yeah, the pass rushers there. I, I love. I love watching the Jets get to the quarterback. It just. It just completes the defense. And you get Keenan to throw the ball fifty-one times. Obviously, he's going to get yards. I'm not too worried about that. Really, what matters is the points and the four sacks for thirty-three yards plus a bunch of pressures. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a solid day on the defense, you know, despite 377 yards, like we said. Scoreboard really tells it all at the end. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if they can kind of keep this pace up against the Indianapolis Colts next week, who really aren't that good of a team. They're 1-4 so far this year. 
they did put up a fight last week against the New England Patriots on uh, Thursday Night Football. But um, I don't know. I guess we can start diving into that game. So what do you guys kind of see out of the Jets in this? Do you think they're going to be able to keep rolling with this dominant you know, offense they somehow showcased on Sunday against the Broncos, or do you think they're going to stumble a little bit? Do you think this is kind of a trap game for them? I'm just interested to hear your thoughts. It's definitely a trap game for sure. Um, in all seriousness, Colts are one and four, Jets are two and three. All, by all accounts, the Jets should run all over the Colts. You know their defense is banged up. They, which you know, credit credit to the Colts, their defense was banked up, and they are a really good defense. I'm not gonna lie. They're a lot better than the Colts that we're used to seeing. So, but you know, they had two linebackers out, three cornerbacks out. You know, guys getting hurt. So, Tom Brady was able to run over them. So, I really can't, you know, go after them too much. But, um, what you call it? They're twenty-two. They're twenty-second in total offense, and I'm pretty sure, as far as defense, I think they're ranked um the I'm having a blank here. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure they're tied for defense about the same, 22, 23 in total defense. So they're about balanced, you know, mediocrely balanced. And then you got Sam Darnold, which is a rookie quarterback, and going up against those guys. So if the Jets can hold up and we we could get that run game going again, you know, get, get that ground pound run again, then... I could see the Jets winning, you know. I'm just not going to say anything because knowing me, I'll jinx it somehow <laughs> really badly. Yeah, I think I think the Jets should definitely game the Jets should win, but you could always see the Jets losing any game in the National Football League. They come out as a completely different team week after week. But, uh, yeah, banged up Colts, they might not have T.Y. Hilton. And Jordan Wilkins is no more than a mediocre back. Other than Andrew Luck, I don't really see any threats the Jets should be worried about this week. I think the Jets have it. As long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot like they tend to do. I think I think we got it. Yeah, Andrew Luck is definitely the X factor in this one. Um, he's been up and down so far this season. But uh, he can really, you know, if he shows up on Sunday, he can really put it to the Jets if he wanted to. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm just interested to see, you know, the Jets on Sunday against the Broncos, they really relied on, like, the big plays to score. I mean, they had Isaiah Correll run 77 yards to the house. Next touchdown with a 76-yard pass to Robbie Anderson and a 35-yard pass to Robbie Anderson. You know, a couple field goals in there and then a 20-yard pass to Terrell Pryor. So they didn't really get in the red zone. You know, they didn't really drive down the field and, like, pressure the Broncos' defense, you know, push them back. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep that kind of big game, big play, you know, offense going all year long. They're going to have to eventually push a team back and get down to the red zone, get near the end zone and just, you know, drive in a ball. Um, And we'll see if they're able to do that this week. I mean, yeah, Isaiah Crowell had... 200-something rushing yards, but a lot of that came off of a couple of runs. I mean, he only had 15 carries. 
So, you know, they're really relying on those big plays. We did see that week one also when they blew out the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, but they've not been so great in the short game. So, I don't know, do you guys feel in a way the Jets are just kind of getting lucky on these big plays? You know, do you think they can actually push a team back and drive down the field more? Because we really haven't seen that too much yet this year. Um, yes and no, you know. I feel like lightning's been striking for us, but at the same time, we have talent. It is there. I mean, as far as just completely looking at the stat line go, the Jets are 15th, or tied for 15th between the Steelers and the Ravens, which that's both ends of the spectrum uh, as far as this season goes, in the rushing defense. We're 17th as passing defense. We are 7th overall rushing offense, but we're 26th in the passing offense. So it's, I would say that the it, it's lightning striking for us in a good way when it comes to passing, you know, especially with Sam Donald. He's just been, that's been a roller coaster, and I don't want to offend too many fans, you know. I just, I'm still not a fan, but I am warming up to the kid. He's been showing, you know, good, Good moves, getting out of the pocket, throwing on the field, and thankfully he stretched that field. He, you know, dropping it to Robbie, you know, and I saw that he can actually be our franchise quarterback and actually be good with that 35-yard dime drop to Robbie. Robbie just goes out, grabs it, pulls it in, and it was just so beautiful. It wasn't like he tucked in behind a defender's shoulder or anything like that. It was just so beautiful, and so I could see. Darnold doing good. It's just right now it's not so hot. That's why we're 26. But the flip side of that is you're going up against the Colts, who are 18th in going up against the Russian defense. They're 28th, so they're pretty much dead. They're bottom from the list for passing. They're dead last or close to dead last for rushing offense. and But their passing game is good, and that's because of the luck. And, Luck has been getting lucky, I would venture to say. Um, so I uh, I wouldn't say lightning been striking, but at the same time I would. So it's it's no neither here nor there. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's luck that gives the Jets all these big plays. I think it's just the defenses they play. The the two really explosive games they had were the Lions and the Broncos, two mediocre d- defenses. I mean, this week we got the Colts, another mediocre defense. I think we could keep going with that explosiveness, but then it gets much tougher with the Vikings and the Bears. After this Colts game, the Jets kind of got to slow the pace, not tr- not intentionally slow the pace down, but they got to prepare for a much slower game in general. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. I mean, after this week against the Colts, is the Vikings, the Bears, Dolphins, um, Bills and then the Patriots, like you said, uh, I don't think the Jets are going to be able to go with that same kind of offensive mindset, you know, where they can just rely on those big plays every week, you know, especially against teams like the Vikings and the Bears who have great defenses all around. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see. But, uh, Alessandro, I did hear you say, I just want to bring this up. You said you're not a fan of Sam Darnold still, but then you just Praised his throws. So, yeah. Let, let me hear. Let me hear your explanation on this. 
So, look, I'm, I'm not a fan of Sam Darnold. You guys all know it. I was really looking for Baker Mayfield. And say what you will about Baker Mayfield right now, but that's in a Browns offense with Brown O-Lyman and Browns wide receiver. That's not Jets. So you're comparing apples to oranges. So I really can't say 100% that he will be better if he was with the Jets. I, I, I can't say that for certainty. But as far as Darnold goes, he he's too safe. And that's what worries me. You know, going into the season, we saw an uptick in Q. And don't get me wrong, I, I love Q. You know, I'm so glad he came back from that neck injury. You know, that was so devastating so long ago. But he came back, and he started grabbing every single um, big play. 20 yards here, 21 yards here, 19 yards here, you know, 35 yards here. He's been racking up the yardage, and he's been getting all the love from Darnold. So... As far as Darnold's going, I, I felt like he was playing too safe. And if you look at the game footage, Robbie burns 90% of the snaps that he's on. He burns the defender. So it's not like Robbie's not open. It's just Darnold's been playing it too safe. And you can definitely see, you know, there's some plays that are shots downfield. You know, you have the outside guys taking the run down. You know, Curse will probably take a run down or... Q will probably hit that slot route on the inside, but for plays that, you know, they might be, uh, excuse me, uh, for plays that are just downfield or they should be downfield, they're, they're always being thrown in the slot. And so that, that's that been worrying me. So after this game, I've been warming up to Donald. I'm finally glad that he's been taking those shots. That rapport is there. You know, you even heard um, – What's his name? Bobby, go up to Darnold and be like, hey, man, look, you know, I'm glad you you and Q got the love going on, but I need to get in on this love train too. And, you know, after that, you know, Robbie dropped uh, 123 yards, 133 yards that game. And looking at this stat line now, Quincy Nula has got 21 receiving yards on 42 targets for 278 yards. Robbie's got 11 touches on 21 targets for 231 yards. So it's not it's not that um, I, I'm against Q. It's just that I want Darnold to stretch the field. I want to see Darnold be more of a field general type quarterback, but I also want him to scramble. So I want him more like a Deshaun Watson, I would say, you know, where he has the Accuracy to throw down field, but, you know, if he needs to get his ass out of dodge, he could get out of dodge. But, you know, with Q playing the slot and getting 42 targets at him versus Robbie, who's been getting half, that the only reason why this number is bumped up is because of that game. And then right behind him is Pryor. Pryor's got 16, tu- uh, 16 targets, but only nine touches. And behind him is Powell. Our running back, he's got 16 touches. And then Curse behind him has 12 targets on seven touches. Yeah, 12 uh, targets and got touched seven times. So, you know, the fact that our running back's ahead of our last year number two wide receiver, you know, granted it's a power dynamic with Pryor and, and Q being here. You know, it's just I, I need to see Donald throw out more. And when I saw him throw out more, it's just it, it warmed me up. You know, I was like – hey, this kid could do it. 
but I'm not fully convinced. I'm not riding the Darnold train just yet, you know. But I am happy for him. I am glad he's getting there. I'm glad he's getting these plays down. So, so yeah, I'm not a fan of Darnold, but I am rooting for the kid right now. All right. I, I hear you. You don't think some of that blame can be put on the coaching staff, though, do you? Like Jeremy Bates, oh, you know, he's oh, been really oh, conservative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if uh, you look at the plays, a lot of the plays are like, and I got to use Madden terms here because I don't know what they want to say in the NFL, but like they're quick hot routes or they're quick slant routes. And so it's and a couple of wheel routes. And uh, I wouldn't call them screens, but, you know, they, they look like they're sub-like screens, but they just get fumbled in the message to the quarterback. And, you know, Bates, he, he's never been a good OC. The one time he was an offensive coordinator, was in Seattle, and that was before. That was literally a year before the Legion of Boom happened. You know, Carol Broman. Actually, he he was there as a QB coach training Russell Wilson, but Carol upgraded him. Did what we're doing now with the QB coach and the um, uh, OC position. Their defense. I mean, their offense was damn near last because you know. Russell Wilson had to get out of there, had a run, he had to keep moving the ball, he had to actually do him himself because his guys were not getting open because the the routes that these guys were running, you know, was either being covered too well or just they they weren't like making it so that way Russell can get it out of there. So he got canned and then he came over us and we've been rocking with a QB coach and uh he just now got upgraded. So Record speaking, no, I don't. I do believe it has to go on Bates a little bit, and I put it all in my article. You know, I gotta give it to Bates. He he, when he makes a play, he makes a play. But you know, he's been bopping a lot more plays than that. But at the same time, Bates is not on the field. Bates is not making the throws, and Bates is not, you know, the one getting open. So it's a combination, really, of Darnold Bates and the wide receivers. You know, it's Darnold's fault for playing it too safe and not getting the field out there. And this is barring last night's game, well, Sunday's game. It's Bates' fault for not stretching the field or doing some kind of trick play or something to get the guys open. And it's the wide receiver's fault for not getting themselves open. But it all starts with Bates and Darnold. You know what I'm saying? And so... I just need them clicking, and so if Darnold can stop playing it safe and Bates can stop playing it safe, then they can both excel. But, oh, like I said, I'm warming up to the kid, and I see these plays that Bates got that it should be a downfield throw, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, I... Go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead, James. We haven't haven't heard from you in a second, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of warming up to Bates. I like the way he called the game yesterday. And um, I feel like he's been, like, slowly improving as the season's gone. From, like, week two to week two and week three, it was just, just atrocious. And then week four, he kind of opened up a little bit, took a couple deep shots. Darnold missed them, but it is what it is. And week five, he fully takes the top off of the offense. And look, so look what happens. I hope he find, he needs to find a balance with the deep, deep, 
deep balls in the uh, in the short game and the run game. And if he does, I think he's going to be a good OC. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I agree with both you guys that it's definitely a combination between him and Sam Darnold and, you know, what occurs on the field every Sunday. Um, but speaking on the coaching staff, I mean, before this week, there was so much going around about fire bowls. You know, Todd Bowles needs out. He cannot manage this team. Um, you know, He's not doing the right things. He's not calling the right plays, not calling the right shots late in the game. Um, and, you know, Jeremy Bates was getting a lot of heat, too, being too conservative, not letting Sam Darnold open up. Um, and we saw, I mean, progress a little bit these past few weeks. I think last week was really, you know, against the Broncos was really, like, the shocker that, you know, Todd Bowles can do this. He just really has to put his mind to it, you know, um, Defensive coordinator Casey Rogers wasn't there. Todd Bowles was taking over defensive duties, and you know Todd Bowles played it played it well all game. Um, so I know you guys both have you know some opinions on this whether Bowles and Bates or well mostly Bowles should should Bowles really be you know still on the hottest seat? He's probably on one of the hottest seats in the NFL right now. Um, but do you guys think there's still you know potential with that? Do you think? the Jets are still going to look elsewhere, you know, maybe later this season or in the off season, you know, 2019. Um, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but there's been a lot of talk going on with Todd Bowles and what his future's looking like in the green and white. Oh, James, I know you know this. I'll let you go first. I think Bowles should be a defensive coordinator. <laughs> what I called that game yesterday was brilliant, but I still don't think he could be a head coach. I mean, just I can't, I can't get the uh, who who was it week four? Is this the Dolphins? No, Jaguars. Jaguars. The way he managed that Jaguars game, I can't get that out of my head. It, uh, it was a good. He called it very well. Called it very well yesterday, but he, he needs to find consistency if he actually wants to stick around. And I, I really just want an offensive coach more than anything. I want someone who can help Darnold out. But yeah, I know he won't take it. I know he's obviously going to leave if he's told he won't, they want him to be a defensive coordinator. But I really think that's where he belongs in the NFL. I don't think he should be a head coach. He called a brilliant game as a defensive coordinator, but he's just I don't know if he could be a head coach, especially for a rookie quarterback. Oh, well, I won't have to agree and disagree with you, James. Um, I agree. He He's a brilliantly defensive coach. Himself being a DB from Temple who played in the NFL and knowing these guys on a level and knowing what they got to do and how they got to do it, he's brilliant, you know. You know granted, Case Keen was able to get the yardage, you know, but we also did have a couple guys out, so it's a give and take, but... He's just really been brilliant, but at the same token, it's not Bowles' fault entirely, you know. It's not him on the field making the throws, making the catches, stopping the guys, not not him on the field burning the catches. Timeouts and, you know, the game clock and all that, yeah, sure, fine. I'll, I'll, it's his fault, and I will agree with you. But at the same token... 
we haven't really had a good team like this that we could we have to do this um, since 2015 when it was the Fitz Magic year, and ever since 2015, Bowles he he's been managing it pretty well. He just he slid off last year a little bit towards the end, and this year he's not been on it entirely. So. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm not on the Fire Bowls bandwagon. You know, talk to me week 10. Because the Jaguars, it's the Jaguars. You got A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey. You got Canaris Campbell. You have Dante Fowler. You got these guys that can just absolutely murk on our offense. And it's just a really good team. There's no denying it. At the same token... It, you, we lost to the Dolphins, and it was terrible. But then again, who really thought the Dolphins would do anything? I thought that they would be shaking, riled, and rolled with this motley crew of talent. So if the Bulls fire, you know, bandwagon wants to keep circling him, fine. I'm not going to jump on it. I may jump on it week 10 just to see how we are, where we are, and whatnot. But if Bulls wants to mess up, and he's going to make mistakes. He's not perfect. Um, if uh, he's doing pretty bad and we don't have a winning record by week 10, I may consider jumping on. But all the Facebook groups, can they, they could just stop, you know. I just can't deal with it. The Jets, the Jets have one head coach. But as far as New York goes, they have like 2.5 million head coaches that all think they know what they, they're doing. That game, they had like 82,000 head coaches thinking that they know what they're doing better than Bulls or whatnot. Bulls was a DB. He played the game. He knows this game. He knows it a hell of a lot more than I do. I, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt until I see absolutely well a shadow of doubt that he needs to go. The way he manages games, though, man. Kicks a field goal down 22, punts the ball with four minutes left. Ugh, I can't I can't do it anymore. I never said that I agree with those choices. I, I don't understand it either, you know. But he did it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he lost faith in our defense that game. I would, too, if Blake Borles was doing over 400 yards, you know, but I, I don't know what the play goal there was. All right, but he's so like, let me ask you guys this. Will Todd Bowles be the New York Jets head coach in 2019? That's a tough one. I want to say yes, because he signed a contract extension, so I highly doubt they just want to pay him all that money, because most of it's, you know, guaranteed. I don't think they want to pay him all that money just to not be there. Plus, you know, it's just always been a defensive-style team, you know. When you look at the Raiders, they finally got an offensive mind back in ever since Gruden and <laughs> they're playing for draft picks. 
<laughs> what do you think, James? Unfortunately, I think he might stay the coach. I think he's going to do mediocre enough to get to the point where he gets another year and it's just going to torture Sam Darnold. But I think he gets one more year. But then after 2019, if the Jets aren't a playoff team, he's done. I I'm surprised you guys. I'm surprised you guys both think he'll be there in 2019. I'm going to say... I feel like the Jets are going to do just good enough, not good, but good enough to the point where they think he could still coach a good football team. But I think he might stay around. Wish he wasn't, but... Now, Jets, let I me mean, ask you something. Sorry. Well, I was just going to ask you. If they, if what happened in 2015 where we had a winning record, but, you know, we lost out to the Steelers due to a technicality, and that happens this year by some miracle, and it happens the next year where we go 11-5, but we just missed the playoffs because of a technicality like that, would you still want to fire Bowles? He did good. He made it. But he lost on a technicality. Would you still want fire bulls? No. If we go ten and six, eleven and five again, and don't make the playoffs, I'm, I might just quit. But yeah, I mean, if he wins ten plus games, that's basically a playoff football team. So no, I wouldn't fire him. Yeah, that's a that's a stretch. I think I don't know if the Jets will come close to 10, 11 games. I mean, this year, I'm saying. It's definitely... I know. I, that's why I said by some miracle. <laughs> um, yeah, just by the way their schedule looks and, you know, the way they've played against tough teams so far, I think it's going to be, you know, closer to what we've seen these past few years, 5 and 11, you know, maybe 6 wins if we're lucky. Um, but I was surprised you guys both said Todd Bowles will be back in 2019 because I really think he's going to be gone after this year. They're not going to fire him during the year. You know, I don't think the Jets would do that to him. You know, they're going to kind of let it play out with Sam Darnold. Um, but I think, you know, they're way more invested in their rookie than they are in their head coach right now. And I think they just realized, you know, they it, we've seen it around the league where, you know, especially I brought this up in an article the other day where, you know, Jared Goff was, he came into the league first overall. He was bad his first year, you know, under Jeff Fisher. And then, you know, they switched up head coaches. They got Sean McVay in there. And all of a sudden, he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's dominating on every level. And obviously, he has those supporting pieces around him that, you know, make him so great. Um, but, you know, I think there's really a, a dynamic there between the head coach and the quarterback. And, you know, I think this year is just, you know, it's Todd Bowles needs to prove that he can get the most out of Darnold. And so far, we're not really seeing that. Um, I don't know if we will even see it. So I do think he's going to be out at the end of the year. I think the Jets are really going to need to make some switches because they're so invested in Darnold. You know, they can't let this end up being a bust in the long run. They can't have another Hagenberg situation, which they cause. I'm still pissed about that. Um, Definitely agree with that philosophy. Scared the Jets don't. Um, you know, as far as um, schedule-wise, I mean, 
But we had the easiest schedule, and then it's all based off what happened last year. But we had the easiest schedule going in, and every team that we're up against has spent a tremendous amount of money. Like on just the Minnesota Vikings alone, they spent ninety-four million dollars fully guaranteed to Kirk Cousins, and that's before the draft. And last year they made their playoffs with a backup quarterback, and now they have Kirk Cousins. So he's been playing good. I'm not saying he's playing the best, but he's been playing pretty good, you know. But we got the Colts who retooled their team. They got a new head coach. They got a couple of defensive players who happen to be hurt, which is funny. And then, you know, then the final home game for this three-game stretch, you know, you got the Vikings who they got Sheldon Richardson. They got our boy who I really wish that we got him back, but there's that. Um, and then we're off to the Chicago face, Mitch Trubisky, who had that monstrous game with six touchdowns, and Khalil freaking Mack, <laughs> who is the the sack leader. Actually, I think he's second now. I think he lost out to someone else, but he's the second NFL leading sack leader right now. And so that's going to be a murk game. You know, then they go down to Miami, which, you know, I... I, I don't know how what to expect because Miami, they went good, they were going good, then they met the Patriots, and then they met, I forgot who they played again, but they met them, and so they did terrible, and so I don't know if it's that high that they had that they beat us, or we were just not ready for them, or what, but I don't know what to expect that game. The Buffalo Bills, They've been giving up the most yardage to every team. They allowed the most points. So if the Jets can just hold Allen on that defense, maybe we could do it. And then we then we got our bye week in week eleven. And then it's all and then New England comes to play us here in New England in yeah, in Jersey. And then we gotta go down to Tennessee and then we're going up to Buffalo. And then we got Houston and Green Bay in New England. I could only see, let's see, one, two, three, four, five more wins, if that, just because of this retooled defenses. And so I really can't put that on bowls because he could coach and coach all he wants. But, you know, there's a point where better players and better coaching style wins out and coach and bowls says he's got to work where he's got to work. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting going forward, to say the least. Um, you know, ever since, you know, I was talking about Sean McVay in L.A. before, and, you know, I think just that kind of presence that he's brought and made that team so good as of late, you know, it's really going to attract any free agents to go there. And we saw it this offseason, you know, Nadama Kansu, Marcus Peters, you know, everyone, <laughs> anyone you can think of, Aaron Donald's got the big contract there. Um, so that team's really just stocked up, and it's kind of just all falling under Sean McVay and, you know, what he's really done with that team. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, in my eyes, I think the Jets need to take all this into account and, you know, really judge Todd Bowles and, you know, is he going to be someone that can get the best out of Sam Darnold, get free agents in there, or at least attract them to New York um, and, you know, make this team good in the long run. You know, I know the players are really behind him, they really supported him, but, 
you know, his record, his play calling, and everything else in between doesn't really stack up to him being the long-term answer. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see. I just hope the Jets don't screw it up in the long run. But, you know, the Jets are the Jets, so they probably will. Exactly why I think they keep Todd Bowles. They're the Jets. <laughs> There's one All right, guys. On. So this Colts game coming up, let's do uh, some score predictions. And what do you, who do you guys think are going to win? Oh, James, I'm say, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to say twenty to fourteen Jets win. Um, I got Jets winning 24-21. Give it a field goal. All right. I guess we're all going to have the Jets winning. I'm going to go 17-10 Jets. You know, I don't think they have the big offensive day they had last week, but the Colts are not a good team, so I do think they're going to be able to handle them, you know, they played well at home last week, the Jets, so hopefully they can just keep the momentum rolling while they have their home stand. Um, all right, guys, any last words you want to put in before we call this podcast a wrap? I I do, actually. I got a question for both of y'all from a listener who is not a Jets fan, but he listens to my podcast. He asked me to ask you guys, who do we think will be the number one wide receiver at the end of the year? You want to take this one first, that? James? In, in yardage, yardage percentage, in, in, in yardage alone, who will be the number one like wide receiver for the Jets? Yardage alone. Got to go Robbie Anderson. Oh, we're talking about we're talking about just the Jets. Yeah, just oh, the Jets. Jets yardage. Like who who will be the number one wide receiver for Jets yardage wise? Yeah, I gotta go, Robbie. Sam Darnold's starting to figure out Robbie's game a little bit. They're gonna start clicking even more. Can't wait to see those two. I'm gonna go with the wild card here. You might not like this, Alessandro, but I'm going to go with Bilal Powell, leading <laughs> receiver. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think, you know, the Jets, we've seen the passing game struggle so much early on, except for week one and this past week, week five. You know, Robbie really hasn't got any looks. Quincy got zero yards this past week. Um, Bilal Powell is really just that one guy who can run, he can catch. You, you were saying before, he's, I think, third on the team in targets. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think when they go up against these good defenses they have coming up in the schedule, you know, Robbie's going to get locked down. No one else is really going to do much. Quincy, maybe, but I think Bilal Powell is always going to be that guy. They're going to plug him in a lot more. You know, we're seeing him a lot more just in the backfields, you know, whether he's getting a carry or not. Um, and I think Sam Darnold's just going to have to target him. We've seen so many screens so far this year, and I think Bilal Powell is just going to be more involved in that. So uh, I'm going to take Bilal Powell. 
Yeah, there's too many screens going on. And, um, well, that's an interesting choice, but, um, I don't know, to be completely honest with you. Oh, I gotta agree with James saying Robbie, you know, in my heart, I want to say it's Robbie. He had that wonderful season last season before McCown went down, and he who shall not be named was enter as quarterback. Um, he had 800 yards. He was running the ball against, you know, some really great defenses, including Jacksonville. Um, but I feel it's going to be Q in the end. Um, there's just too much chemistry. Those two have literally have a locker right next to each other. I just feel like uh, Donald and Q will just be clicking too much for Robbie to try to keep pace. And um, I feel like that's going to happen, which I really I love Q and all, but I don't want that to happen because I want Robbie to shine. And, you know, we've seen Robbie shine, and he could shine hard. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of hope for Robbie Anderson. You know, he's just smoking corners every week. Um, but, you know, Sam Darnold can get that deep ball, you know, as accurate as he did on Sunday. Uh, it could certainly be Robbie Anderson. could certainly be Quincy Nunois. I think my guess in Bilal Powell is a little bit of a stretch, but just going with my gut on that one. I mean, you, you're not wrong. He's, he's above two wide receivers. I mean, Andre Robinson's really not a wide receiver, but he's above two wide receivers. And the screens, the absolute number of screens is just ridiculous that we play. Yeah, way, way too many screens. Is Elijah McGuire coming back? I think Elijah McGuire might take some of those passing opportunities away from him. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I got to disagree with you both there. I feel... Because Elijah McGuire, he ran the ball, and he ran it really well last season. And I feel, and Moore's more, Powell's more of a passing back, not a running back. Yeah, I guess. always have the committee. Yeah, I mean, the Wild Powell is always going to be part of a committee, I think. That's pretty set in stone, at least as long as he's with the Jets. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, anything else before we wrap it up? I'm good. All right. Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you. You know, big week for the Jets. Hopefully they can rebound against the Colts this week, Sunday, 1 o'clock, back at MetLife. Uh, it'll be a good one, we hope at least. You know, hopefully we see Sam Darnold being Sam Darnold that he was last week. So uh, for those of you who are listening, thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more. Until then, keep living the jet life.